Today's Phil Nason show is dedicated to the memory of longtime producer, friend, mentor, and Max Sports Channel's owner, Phil LeCurry. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of The Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. We're here to help you become more profitable at sports betting. And we have a terrific show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. That's PlayUp.com. CashWithFlash.com. That's your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs. We have free picks, premium packages, the tennis will begin next week. We're going to Cash with Flash. You find us at cashwithflash.com. The show is on a 14-2 run. And all picks are tracked from Betstamp. And that's betstamp.app. Don't forget that. Betstamp.app. Track our picks. Buy our picks. And a whole bunch more at betstamp.app. Michael Newnham's here. It's Monday. And everything that we do for week 17 starts today. What's happening, dude? I'm glad something's happening somewhere. It's cold here. We, yes. I'm snowed in. Oh, what, now, you don't get much snow there. So describe for us what snowed in means. Snowed in in this area means that once every 50 to 100 years, uh, you can't get out of your driveway. Um, and you get the... Uh, the rain, which then freezes, then it snows on top of that, and people don't know how to drive in it, and so you have a snow apocalypse. Uh, and we're having a once-in-a-hundred-year event. So that means I'm going to be safely home inside with my cats for the next day or so. And there you go. But watch the football, too. We got a big one tonight we're going to talk about in a minute. But we got a lot to talk about. This was an interesting week 16 for sure. And, and right off the bat, my right at the top of my page of notes, and I have two pages of them, by the way. The Browns, do they need a quarterback? Because I don't think Baker Mayfield is that guy. So here's the problem. There aren't many of those guys around. That's true. I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. But whether or not they re-sign him is going to depend on how much money he wants. Well, that could happen. You know, Progressive pays him a pile, too. Would that mean he has to stop doing those Baker Mayfield commercials if he leaves Cleveland? Uh, They just change the color. (laughs) They change the color, change the stadium. I, I would guess... Because, I mean, who are you going to replace him with? 
Well, depending on who you ask, uh, it could be they're talking about Johnny Manziel again. Johnny Manziel hasn't touched a football in how long? Well, he might have been playing with it like on his couch this weekend while the games were on. But no, I mean, the whole thing with Baker Mayfield, those four picks. Okay, maybe the first two weren't on him, but he he's just a turnover machine. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's had more fumbles this season than ever. He's headed toward more sacks than ever. He still has two more games to go on the season, but he's also played three games less than the most sacks he's ever had at 40. So, in the interceptions, he's thrown 11 of them. Now, two seasons ago, he threw 21. But, again, that was over 16 games. He'll probably play 15 if he can. And I know that he is hurt and he's got nagging injuries. I know his teammates wanted him to sit one out, but he didn't. And then he missed one because of COVID. But he looked awful against Green Bay, and they had a real chance to win and probably should have. And this this is also his lowest total of touchdown passes ever, ever as a professional quarterback. I don't think he's going to hit 20, and his lowest season to date was 22, where he threw 21 interceptions against 22 touchdowns. I think the guy, and this is what I said the day they drafted him on this very show. He's going to be a bust. I was wrong about that, but he's not going to lead that team anywhere, is he? The problem, again, is there's no quarterbacks in the draft coming up that are going to be much better as far as the draft scouts say. And there's not a lot out there. So the problem with Baker Mayfield is... You know, he's short. He's His ceiling is mediocre. Right. His ceiling is good game manager. But if you pay him, let's say, 20 to $25 million, which is 5 to $10 million under the going rate, uh, you have money to spend elsewhere. Uh, the, his line hasn't been great this year. And, you know, we've got COVID injuries. Uh, his um, his whiteouts don't scare anybody. Uh, the thing with Cleveland that I didn't haven't understood all year long is why they haven't done more with their tight ends. Uh, Stefanski came out of a system that used the tight ends a lot in Minnesota. And he hasn't – and it's not that they haven't had guys with talent there. Um but with Mayfield is you go a year or so at a time at $25 million and you shore up everything else, and you've got a pretty good football team. Um, but just, I mean, it's, it's like there's a lot of Minnesota fans that want Kirk Cousins gone, okay? And the, ba- the new quarterback is going to be who? Right, that is a problem. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, or actually Pro Football Focus is going to, because they've had the Browns' offensive line in the top five for the entire season. I know that they've had some COVID issues and some injury issues, but he has that. He also has, before Kareem Hunt went down, and Chubb missed time too, the best backfield. I mean, this is the game manager's heaven right there. 
but for whatever reason, he can't make the big play. And when you have a guy like Jarvis Landry, and he had Odell Beckham Jr., big play guys he couldn't find in the end zone, I, I just think it's time for them to do something. Maybe it's time to start Case Keenum this week against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. It depends on how badly Mayfield's hurt. But Case Keenum, I mean, I, I've been on the I've been on the bus with Case Keenum. I know. And he had a good year in Minnesota because they had exceptional wideouts. They it was amazing how many times he threw horrible passes in their general direction that Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs caught. They turned into something good. Um, I, I don't think there's that much difference between the two of them, except when Keenum gets in a, in a groove, he will throw as many interceptions or more as Baker Mayfield. Ba Baker Mayfield's main problem from what I can see, and I don't watch a lot of Cleveland is he's just not big enough. No. And he's six he's one. Not, yeah. He, well, he doesn't, says. <laughs> he can't see the field as a drop back passer. If, if, if there's pressure up the middle, you can forget it. Uh, now that's, that's true of a lot of quarterbacks, but again, the problem with Baker Mayfield is he's relatively competent, but where's the replacement? That's true. There isn't one. They're stuck with him basically for this season. But if I'm the if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm looking. At, I'm going to look ahead. I'm going to look for maybe Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is unhappy in Green Bay. He may come over to Cleveland. There's there's a couple quarterbacks that might be out available in the offseason. Why would anybody of their own volition go to Cleveland? Well, they do. Like I said, they do have a good offensive line, but he would miss Devontae Adams. They don't have that. That's for sure. No, they they don't they don't have that. Aaron Rodgers is not going to Cleveland. He, you know, I would guess if he goes anywhere, it'd be Denver. Um, but he'll probably stay in Green Bay. Uh, who else is out there? You know, do you the kids from Baltimore. For Tyler Huntley, that kid might be available. He's going to get paid. He uh, he at least can throw the ball downfield. He's going to be an option for somebody. That's that's one of the the understories that for the off season. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of competition for him. Oh yes, and, and maybe some others too. Maybe some others also. You have uh, who was it that I watched the other day that played pretty good. Uh, backup quarterback. Damn, I can't remember now. But there are some backups out there who are more than capable, and just haven't had the chance. You know, look what they're gonna. What are they gonna do in New Orleans? Uh, they obviously stayed with Taysom Hill. They signed him big, but we'll have to wait and see what happens tonight with Ian Book. You know, he might turn out okay too. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I would love to see. Uh, a replacement for Cousins in Minnesota. But I, I, I don't see a lot out there. Well, that's true. Maybe Cousins, maybe what they could do is switch. Baker Mayfield can go to Minnesota, and uh, Kirk Cousins can come to Cleveland. That might not be the craziest thing you ever said. <laughs> I, I said some know. crazy stuff here. I know. 
I don't know how Stefanski felt about Kirk Cousins. Um, I know how I feel about him. <laughs> right. And so do we. Yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, there have been other teams that have had a value on him. Um, you know, what's Washington going to do? There's going to be a lot of teams looking to upgrade the position. And I say you keep Maker, May, Baker Mayfield for another year, pay him, you know, whatever to get through. And you start looking for um, somebody in the draft. And that's what I think they should do. But I'm over Baker Mayfield. They have a 15% chance of making the playoffs. And granted, they've had their their share of COVID issues, injury issues, and what have you. But they've got a tough road to hope because they have to go to Pittsburgh. And then if they beat P- Pittsburgh and a couple of other teams miraculously win, including Cincinnati, they will play in Cleveland for the NFC or AFC North. And that should be interesting, right? It could be. I, I think that um, the, I get a sense with Cleveland that they've kind of they're done now. Yeah, they're two and five away. They've got Pittsburgh this Sunday. They have to play against Ben Roethlisberger and maybe his final home game of the season, a regular season, I should say. They're in big trouble. I, I think Cincinnati's going to end up winning that division. I do too. You see uh, that boy throw the football? Now, see right there. The, the the Browns made a big boo-boo. They should have found a way to get that kid Joe Burrow. I, what is it with you people in Ohio that you don't like good quarterbacks? <laughs> he sat for four years at Ohio State under two guys who can't even get in a lineup in the NFL. Transfers to LSU. Not only does he win the Heisman, but he also, and now he stayed at Ohio State for four years, by the way, graduated, went to LSU, won the Heisman, won the national championship, crushed his rookie season, crushing now 500 yard plus yesterday. What is wrong with you people in Ohio that you don't like good quarterbacks? Well, the people in Cincinnati, Ohio do. Well, they do, but they've. You know what? They've been blessed. But the nor- the further north you go, or southeast, in the case of uh, Columbus, I mean, what the freak? I don't get it. Joe Burrow is a. Oh my lord! Did he play good yesterday, Michael? Yeah, he's he's good. He's got uh, nice skill people around him. They get the offensive line short up. A little defensive help. That's got a real good team next year, Ooh. and they're fun to. Yeah, they're fun to watch, unlike Cleveland, who's not very fun to watch at all, except for when they lose so I can mock my Cleveland Brown fans. That's what I really watch the Browns for. That's why. And I'll tell you something else. I've decided, I've made a decision yesterday, that Dan Campbell should be the Lions coach for life. Okay. For life. You know, they didn't do so, they didn't win yesterday. And that's okay because they fight every single week. You want to talk about a team that's missing some players and just underrated guys. And then they have that Jared Goff kid who's done okay. But Tim Boyle, you know what? 
Give that Dan Campbell a week to prepare and he's going to do some damage. Uh, forget about Bill Belichick. Dan Campbell is my freaking Lions coach forever. I just hired him. I don't care what the Ford people think anymore, Michael. I've been a Lions fan for 52 years and this is the best coach we've ever had, in my opinion. I don't think he's the best coach you ever had. Okay, which one? Do you, I, which one do you think is better? You know who one of my favorite coaches is, and to this day, Wayne I'm, Fonts. Oh God, no! I'm actually hoping that a former Lions coach gets hired in Minnesota. Uh oh, who? Jim Caldwell. Okay, Jim Caldwell was a good coach too, but I like Dan Campbell better. I'm sorry, but then we cover again. You know, every week that I pick the Lions, they cover. Well, that's why you, why you love Dan Campbell. I told you last week, I think the guy's going to be a good football coach. We'll see what he can do when he has some talent. Um, but right now, he has a lot of no talent, uh, playing really hard. Playing really hard. And, and the, if you want to know the difference, uh, you've got a team in Minnesota that, uh, according to their best player yesterday, just couldn't get it up to play a game that uh, determined basically their playoff hopes. They just, according to John, uh, uh, Je Justin Jefferson, they didn't have any energy when he walked into the locker room that day and couldn't figure out what was going on. And so they go out and they just basically the Rams controlled that game until the second half. And, uh, they didn't play the way they ought to play. And so I'll trade you Zimmer for Campbell any day of the week. Okay. Okay. But I'm not trading Campbell. So uh, that's a moot point. It's like my fantasy roster. It's a moot point. But you'll give me Baker Mayfield. Thanks a lot. Well, yeah, because I, I'm your dear friend. Don't forget this. Many years <laughs> you and I have been working together. Never, fit, never actually physically met. And that's got to change before this lifetime is over, I think. It's only been 15 years. <laughs> I know, right? Well, the snowstorm kept me away today. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter because uh, I already feel like I have met you. So it's okay because we've done a lot of shows together. We're going to talk about that at the end of the program. But uh, you know the Bills? That was a beautiful win, too. We Scotty Fiedler called that on this show. He called the money line, and they won. They have the Falcons and the Jets to run out the season with. That's not a bad way to end a season when you're having the yips and a little bit of struggles. Wouldn't you agree? I think that's perfect for them. Yes. They they played well. I thought they. I did not think that they would uh, win yesterday. Um, but they they overcame themselves, which I think is their big hurdle. And now they can. You know, if if they are what people thought they were at the beginning of the year, they shouldn't have any problem for the next two weeks. No, they shouldn't. And they're tied right now with New England, so that should be interesting. But this Bills team, they looked very good. They have the highest point differential in the AFC at plus 163. In second are the New England Patriots, followed by the Indianapolis Colts, of all people, at plus 104. And, oh, I'm sorry, Kansas City has a plus 115 in the AFC. So that's pretty good. 
I, I got to tell you, I'm starting to become a believer in the Bills, even though I'm not a big fan of the Bills. You know, I'm a Jets fan. That's another coach that I think should be the Jets coach for life. He gets them fired up. They were ready to win. See, that's why I don't understand about Justin Jefferson's comments in the Minnesota Vikings. You would think that an aging quarterback like Kirk Cousins would walk into that damn locker room and start firing the boys up from the second he walked in. Let's go, boys. Let's go, boys. We got a good football team. Let's go. Let's go prove it. Forget these Rams. Matthew Stafford is going to throw three picks, and that'll be it. Yeah, and it was uh, it was really awful to watch that game, to be honest with you. Uh, Stafford was awful. Oh, tell me about it. My fantasy team won again. Yeah, he was my uh, he was my FanDuel quarterback. All right, <laughs> I had him at DraftKings. I know the feeling. Yeah, but he was awful, and they still couldn't win. They got turnovers. Um, they were in the red zone, I think, four times, and came out with three points. Uh, they weren't they weren't ready to play. It's you're going to have a big turnover in Minnesota, and part of that turnover might be the quarterback. Uh, I don't expect him to uh, to be that kind of leader. He is a he's a mannequin. Uh, he's just an odd guy, um, and he hasn't he hasn't played particularly well the last few weeks. No, Stafford's thrown 12 touchdowns with five interceptions over his last five, and he's been sacked 10 times. That doesn't bode well for playoff football. No, it it doesn't. Especially, again, it it looks like the cream of the crop uh, in the NFC is Dallas and Green Bay. And... Dallas and Green Bay are going to be very difficult to beat. And you can't go in with that mess that L.A. did yesterday. L.A. should have lost that game. Yes. Um, but that that's not going to work in the playoffs. It's not just not. I mean, I understand Andrew Whitworth was out yesterday. Um, and, I, I, you know, he's 102, but he's he's still a good left tackle. Um, that, that's, that's not a team that I have on my big contender list. Nope. There's only two teams in the, the NFC with over a hundred points point differential that are the Dallas Cowboys in the, and, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who I still think are for real, but they have a lot of injuries to deal with. Yeah. I, I tend to think they have too many injuries to deal with. Um, I like I like Green Bay, but the talent's all in Dallas. I just I hate Dallas. Right. But you've got I mean, when when you look at uh, the old school way of doing football was the first thing you looked at were the lines, the offensive line and the defensive line. And right now Dallas is ahead of everybody in those two categories. That's exactly right. They are. Um, I'm over the Chargers, by the way. I'm really disappointed in the Chargers. 
They hurt us yesterday. We would have went 4-0 with the premium picks this week, but they got us. They didn't play well against Houston. That's going to be a problem playing on the road. They don't seem to do so well over there on the road. They're 4-3. They're it is a 500 club, though, but they're they're awful. They're lost two in a row. They have a minus points differential. I mean, Denver has scored, outscored or scored more points versus their opponents than the Chargers have. What happened to that football team? So much talent on that team. I'm I haven't watched enough of their games closely enough. But the ones I've watched are indicative of teams that have uh, some splash talent. Bosa, um, who's the big safety they've got? Oh, I can't. Oh, geez, you're asking me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about defensive players. Um, but they've got big holes everywhere else. They've got Linville Joseph in the middle of the line. Uh, and Linville's a couple years past his prime. He has some, you know, he has a couple moments in him every game, but then he has moments where he just disappears. Uh, and he's usually disappearing under a pile that he was blocked under. Uh, it's just a team with some holes. The thing that concerns me uh, is the same thing that, that bothers me with Minnesota at times. Uh, it's a defensive head coach. And when your defense can't stop anybody, um, what's the point? <laughs> well, they sure didn't stop Houston yesterday, and that's a makeshift team. Think about that. Think about that. When you can't stop Houston. Right. I mean, that's that's not good. So they're toast. We'll see what they do next year. Well, they still they still could get in the playoffs though, because they have here's what they have: they have a home game against the Broncos, and an away game with the Raiders to end the season. Yeah, even if they get in, it's, there's there's issues, um, and I think the other thing that we saw yesterday was how um, how much that their quarterback relies on Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams makes a big difference in whether that offense goes or not. I thought Keenan Allen would make up the uh, difference. But uh, for a pretty unheralded guy like uh, Mike Williams, he's a difference maker for that team. And without him, they don't play well. That's and again, fact. you've got big holes on on defense that – Obviously, other coordinators, offensive coordinators, are able to exploit. And if Houston can exploit your defense, your defense sucks. <laughs> That's right. Keep that in mind for these coming games. This is why I tell everyone the most important show for me is this one. And the reason is it prepares me for next week. And, and I hope that you're all taking the time to listen to this and, and cash. And we're going to give you a pick in a minute. But the Chiefs defense, listen to this one. They have not allowed a first a point in the first half in their last five games. And I'm thinking that Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. They could be. Um, it's it, Again, we've got some parity. The, uh, the team that right now I look at and I go, 
oh, that could be a problem for somebody in the playoffs is Indianapolis. Um, could Indy cause problems for Kansas City? I oh, think yes. they probably could. Um, Kansas City, and I've, I keep saying this, and people are probably sick of me saying it, but I look at coaching staffs. I don't think Kansas City's defense has that much talent. Uh, or if they do, it's talent that we have yet to uh, to know about to the degree that we know about other other places. Um, but they coach the hell out of that team. Andy Reid and uh, who's the defensive coordinator's name? The defensive coordinator for Kansas City? Yeah. I can't remember. I only know the offensive coordinator. He's out of New York. He, I don't know. We're not names this morning. But he's doing a bang-up job. He really is. And so I think Buffalo, uh, again, the thing that we want to look at, too, is where these games are going to be played. Nobody wants to play in Buffalo. Nobody wants to play in Kansas City. It's going to be cold. Uh, rabid fan bases. Indianapolis, Kansas City, Buffalo. That's kind of what I'm looking at in the AFC. Oh, that's Steve Spagnola is the Steve Spagnola. Thank you. I, I was trying to remember. I'm not good with these these coordinators too much. I don't pay that much attention to them. I'm too busy looking at the numbers. I'm more of a numbers handicapper, but that's just me. And plus, all those years playing fantasy football, I only care about the offenses. So there you have it. But we're crushing, and I'm going to tell you how we're crushing. We're on a 57-26-1 run at Cash with Flash Best Bets. We are 67-43-3 over this season with 8-plus money underdogs. That's not bad. That's awesome. And, and all of them documented in several places, including uh, the gentleman on the line with me, because I sent Michael all my picks. Plus, He I sends them every week. And plus, we do, we, we do at least one every week right here on tape. It goes out right after we're done, and you can check it yourself. And I'm not the guy you want to listen to, because I'm just a fan. Well, that's why you're here, Phil, though, but you know your stuff. Phil knows what he's doing. Cause, and, again, that's the difference. I, look, I do. I look at coaching staffs. I look at all sorts of different things. But all of those things translate into numbers, and Phil knows the numbers. I try to. And no, it's not try. You do. Well, whatever. I appreciate that, too. But then again, 15 years, well, you and I have been talking back and forth with football forever since almost day one. So that's a fantastic thing. But the Chiefs, I really like them. And then they have two road games, though. That could be dicey for that team because there's only four and two away. But so many people wrote off the Chiefs, and I'm thinking, wait a second, you know. They didn't look that bad yesterday, and they were missing Travis Kelsey. So we'll have to wait and see. Now I want to send out a big shout-out to Tampa Bay, who won and clinched the NFC South. The Green Bay Packers clinched the NFC North. The Kansas City Chiefs clinched the AFC West. And Dallas clinched the NFC East. 
Now, do you have anything to add before we get into this pick? No. No, I, I, I think things are settling out in the way that um, we kind of thought they were, except for neither one of us saw what's going on with Arizona. You were high on them at the beginning of the year. I wasn't. I jumped on the bandwagon with you, um, and and then I, I snuck off while you were taking a nap. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. They don't win at home. They're uh, below 500 at home. They crush everybody on the road. And, and I just don't understand what happened. I know DeAndre Hopkins, when he went down and he'd been hurt and still trying to play, I know for a fact that those that was a big loss for them. And maybe it shook Kyler's confidence a little bit because they were rolling right along. They were, what, 7-0 and through Week 7? And then they started seeing this Hopkins kid start. He only had 66 receiving yards against Green Bay and a loss. And after that loss, they just sunk into the abyss. And now they've dropped three straight. They have a rough road to hoe, man. They've got Dallas on the road. And then they close their season with Seattle. Now, they'll probably get into the playoffs. They're actually, they already are into the playoffs. But I don't know what happened with that team outside of injuries. You know, they had a decent running game going. They had a nice little combination of Murray and Connor. And, and I just don't. And then also the kid uh, Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, was, moved the football a little bit. But they just looked awful against Indianapolis. They looked awful against Detroit. And they looked awful against Los Angeles Rams. And I don't know. They got to pull it together because DeAndre Hopkins is not coming back for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think you hit on it at least when I watched them. What struck me was that Kyler Murray's body language was such a – not a confident person. Okay. Not not someone who was – so let me start over. If you, if you see uh, Tampa Bay struggle, there's almost a sense where you can see Tom Brady going, all right, enough of this crap. Everybody jump on my shoulders. Here we go. Mm-hmm. He's been that way for his whole career. And uh, – or Aaron Rodgers in, at the end of a game or at the end of a half, you know, he's got 45 seconds to go 80 yards. And you can tell by looking at the guy that he's like, okay, no biggie. We're going to do this. And they do. Uh, Kyler Murray's uh, appearance is exactly the opposite right now. And it may well be that functioning without DeAndre Hopkins is – uh, a big loss in a lot of ways for that team. I think you're right. This is awful. But, you know, they well, still have two games to pull it around, but good luck with that with Dallas. They got to play Dallas. At least they win on the road, so they might have a shot at that. I don't think so. I think they're in a uh, in a death spiral. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're going to be walking into the playoffs in a bad way. I'd be interested the, to see how that line moves, though, Michael. Yeah, 
it, it will be interesting to see after what Dallas did to Washington. Um, I, what, what's the line right now? Do we know? I, we, we will know in a second. I usually have that sort of thing up, but I haven't had it. I didn't look at it today, but I, I can bet that it's probably right now. I would say, let's see, Dallas and Arizona. Okay, it is right now. Dallas is a five and a half point home favorite up from where it opened at two and a half, minus two and a half. So they went from a two and a half point favorite. That's a three point jump. And I'd still take Dallas. Oh, yeah. Dallas covers. They covered for us yesterday. That was nice. I really enjoyed that. Because I like Dallas. I like Dak Prescott. I don't like Dallas. Anytime. Uh, well, uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, and I understand why, and I get it completely. But this Dallas team is special, I think. They could be. They could be. Um, I'm not. I'm not ready to go there yet, but they could be. But this Arizona team is going to get its backside handed to them. That's a bold call. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I would actually take Dallas if the line went to seven. Oh yeah, I, I think I would take them all the way up to ten. I think they can cover. Did you see the yeah. fight? Did you see the fight on the sidelines in the Washington Redskins? I'm sorry, the Washington football team. See, this is one of the reasons that this Washington team can't win. They don't even have a damn nickname. This is how late. They're so busy fighting off all the sexual harassment charges against them that they, they don't even have time to come up with a suitable nickname. A, that's that's just irresponsible. And that's a, it's a trickle-down effect. From there on down, they suck. Yeah, they're in, they're in a bad way. And I feel bad for Ron Rivera. I, I really do. But, yeah, that's a bad team. That's a bad team. You know, I, I really hooted on them on last week's show with Jamian because Jamian's a big Cowboys fan, and I'm not a fan of Washington at all. I was never a fan of theirs when they were the Redskins, when they were supposedly good with Joe Theismann and John Riggins. But I, I said on the show... The only hope that they have left is if Theismann and Riggins can come back as 22-year-olds. Well, I hope that if that's going to happen that we raise Fran Tarkenton first. Well, we hope we do because I really love it. But he has to play with the same helmet that he played with. No, the same style of helmet that he played with, with the single bar across. Single bar, Absolutely. I, I remember Fran, boy, I, I tell you, you know, it was really funny. I, I say this all the time, I guess, when you're here, but I still remember doing that video. Do you remember I, I told you I was doing a video at, yep. at, in Canton at the hall, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And the first break I got, I, and the place is amazing, and it's huge, by the way. You can get lost in there real easy. But I had like 15 minutes, 20 minutes between a break, and one of the people who, uh, I guess they call them escorts, there where they walk you around and show you things that you might not ordinarily see because there's so much there. I said, I got to take a picture with Fran Tarkington. He said, we have one. It's called, we have to go to the bus room. (laughs) And I I said, I got it. And then they wanted me to go back and crack the mic. And I said, wait a second. I have to send this to Michael. 
<laughs> Fran. I'm I'm as we record this, I'm wearing a Tarkenton jersey. So Hey, I just did I just did something for uh Jay Fiedler's uh birthday coming up, his fiftieth birthday, and I was wearing his Minnesota Vikings hat. I have a Minnesota Vikings hat, a game-worn hat that Jay wore. Actually, I had two of them. The original one he gave me, but it got messed up. I ended up in Greece, and then that hurricane came and wiped everything out, so I lost my big hat collection that was in their uh, garage. And uh, so when I went back to Oceanside to help his mom move her house, there was one more left, and she gave it to me. She said, here, this is yours. That's nice, huh? That's that's good. Yeah. Yes. He still has his jerseys from there, by the way. He played for Dennis Green. Yes, he did. He was uh, backing up Dante, I believe. Yep, he backed up Dante. He backed up. He they they re-signed. They cut him, and then they re-signed him for a uh, because Randall Cunningham got hurt. Those were good days. Those were great days. Randy Moss, you know, try, the stories I've heard about throwing to Randy Moss in practice. <laughs> There's a reason Randy's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I guess he was pretty pretty fast. Pretty yeah. fast. Speaking of in fast, my, what's that? Yes. Well, I was just going to throw this out. that Randy Moss is the single greatest receiver in NFL history, period. Okay. Don't argue with that either. You're you, you've already have a disgruntled Vikings fan, who we spend more time talking about Fran Tarkington than the Vikings. Yeah, we talk about the good days. Sure. The we look out the window and all we see are not. It's snowing here, by the way. Uh, I don't like the cold weather. Oh, me neither. Oh, me neither. But it is what it is. Big game tonight, Dolphins-Saints. The Saints are a three-point home underdog. The total is 37.5 points. What do you like about this one, Michael? Nothing. I know, huh? Absolutely nothing. Um, I don't... How do you call a, a game between two teams at the height of mediocrity? Um, why do I have to watch Tua in prime time? I don't want to watch Tua at all. I don't either. Um, I, I, I'm happy for him. Don't get me wrong, but the Dolphins still haven't replaced Jay Fiedler. And Tua ain't it. I'm sorry. No, Tua, Tua's not it. No. Uh, the only thing that I might venture on this is taking the under. Right. That's a low total, 37.5. I can't remember the last time it was that low, except for the Bills-Patriots the first game, if you remember. It was, what, 32? Yeah. Um, well, we're going to make a pick on this one because we're, we're, hotter, than, we're hotter than the uh, pork chops I ate last night for dinner, which were very good, by the way. Well, the best player on the field will be Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. And how do they stop it? Now, they are, the Dolphins are seventh in rushing yards allowed this season. 
They average just like over just about 103 yards per game. But this Camara and that offensive line blocks for that kid, and he's had a rough year injury wise and all. And let's face it, and, and I don't mean to pick on the Dolphins because I bring the guy from Fin Maniacs on, Jason Sarney, every so often here. I haven't since the winning streak started because they were so bad before it. I mean, no one wanted to listen to about the Dolphins. Yap. But here's who here's who the, the Dolphins are on a six game winning streak, by the way. Their last five wins are over Baltimore by twelve. They beat the Jets twice. They beat Carolina and they beat the Giants. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. And, and I know that that's a big thing for folks down in Miami. They're happy. And, and, you know, there's not a whole lot to be happy about with all this nonsense happening around us. But now let's listen to the last five games the Saints have played with a much more banged-up roster, uncertainty at quarterback. Taysom Hill had a broken middle finger. They beat Tampa Bay last week 9 nothing. Before that, they beat the Jets. They lost to Dallas by 10. They lost to Buffalo by 25 at home. And they lost to Philadelphia by 11. Again, the same situation. Taysom Hill, quarterback with a broken finger. Starting quarterback lost for the season. Tonight, they're starting Ian Book on a two-game winning streak. I'll go. So, for, let me go further here because so, you're not ready, I know. Okay, so here's what here's what the Saints are dealing with thanks to the plague from hell. Linebacker DeMario Davis is out. He's their captain. Uh, safety Malcolm Jenkins is out. Tight end Adam Troutman is out. Right tackle Ryan Ramchick is out. Backup offensive tackle Jordan Mills are out. But then in my notes, it says they still have Alvin Kamara. They've allowed the 18th fewest passing yards per game and the fifth fewest rushing yards. Miami doesn't have a rushing attack at all. And their throwing attack is, is Jalen Waddell, who is playing tonight, by the way. He's a fantastic player. I really like him for Rookie of the Year, Michael. I haven't seen him enough to make a judgment. You're going to see him tonight, bro. Unfortunately, I'm going to see him tonight. Uh, I... I cannot, I, I will not bet against New Orleans, uh, against Tua. I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the the Saints and the points. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do too. I'm taking the Saints and the points. That was my whole plan. Now, did you want to do the total too? Because it is thirty-seven and a half. I, the, I, I'll do the under. Okay. I, I just don't, I don't see it. Uh, Dennis Allen. Uh, is an excellent defensive coordinator. And one of the things that I have not understood all year long, and maybe it's because I don't watch, I, I just, Miami games make me yearn for hockey. Um, it, the, the Miami passing game are, are, is nothing but a bunch of continuous seven yard shallow crosses. It makes no sense to me. I I expect that Dennis Allen will will take away the kid wide receiver. They'll put some pressure on Tua. Kamara will do enough, and New Orleans comes out of this with a win. But 
you know, th- this is a 17-10 game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, so the official picks for the Phil Nation show on a 14-2 and run, by the way. Saints plus three, and we're going to go with the under. I'll, I'll take the under with you. That's fantastic. You can find those picks at BetStamp. If you were not snoozing at the very, very beginning of the show, I mentioned that we had dedicated the show to Phil LaCoury today. Uh, Phil passed away in the last couple weeks, I guess two weeks ago. Um, I don't even know how. I, I just know that I was contacted through the show because uh, apparently they couldn't get into his phone to get my number. And uh, it ended up in my spam filter. And because I lose mail in the spam filter, I just checked it out the other day and, and found out that he had passed. Phil LeCur is the reason that you're actually listening to this show. And that, that's there's no doubt in my mind about that. I started a long time ago in Corfu with a little show called This Week in Tennis that he discovered. And he's the one who put out the Twitter blast and blah, blah, blah that got the attention of the uh, military people from the Navy who were downloading podcasts, downloaded This Week in Tennis. And that's how I ended up on Armed Forces Radio. And that's how I ended up with the Phil Nason show because of This Week in Tennis. And... What happened is he he wrote to me after he heard the show, and he says, I'm programming for a, for a radio show called Fat Sports Network. It's been a long time, over 13 years ago. So we would like to add this to our roster. And I did. They did. And he became my mentor, and he taught me the ropes. And there's so many things that you need to know to do this job effectively. And I didn't know anything. I'm just a dumb kid from Saginaw, Michigan, who got lucky with a tennis racket. And that's the truth. And he mentored me. I used to speak to him every morning at like 11 a.m. from Corfu, sitting in the Kefi bar. It was closed. I'd be drinking my coffee after my morning tennis, and he would go through everything I was doing on the show. And then when the Phil Nason show hit the AFR, he put that on. He opened up a station called Max Sports Channels. And Max Sports Channels was an amazing, amazing platform that he built himself. It was a 24-hour sports radio programming during the week, and then they had music on the weekends. And I helped him with the content, and we had what was then and probably still today the only 24-hour sports talk radio on the Internet. You know, Phil was such a good friend of mine. And became such a dear friend. You know, a lot. Of, he never talked about this, but he was on the team that invented the ATM. The guy was a freaking genius. But more importantly, he was a tremendous mentor and friend to me. And I was supposed to have lunch with him like three weeks ago. And I texted him to see, you know, what was up. And I tried to call, and the number had already been disconnected because he had passed the day or two before that, I guess. So, man. If you're, like I said, if you're listening to the show, you know, Phil LeCurry is responsible for that. And, and he was generous to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. With this time after uh, you and I had done a program for years. And for a number of reasons, you, we decided we were going to put that on hiatus 
And I was going to do a show by myself, which was a religious program, not a sports program. And he was going to broadcast that program amidst all the sports stuff. And he wasn't doing it because he knew me because he didn't. But he was going to do it because I was a friend of Phil's. Yep. And he let a lot of guys, he put their podcast on and they didn't do the right thing. They didn't do it every week. They took advantage of it. And, and that's something that we didn't do. And, you know, we were one of the, this show here personally was one of the very first to ever talk about daily fantasy sports. He saw that as a boon. He said, you got to start doing it. And I did. And that was important. Um, he was also involved. We were going to build a website. We did build a website called Draft Dragons and Daily Fantasy Sports with Fantasy Phil as the face of it because I was crushing the DFS back then. But it was real. I wasn't, I didn't want to do this at all, but I had to. Well, and it, you should because there's a lot of people uh, and every, there's somebody in everybody's life that no one else knows that makes a big difference in the quality of life that someone has. And this guy was behind you uh, and open-hearted, open-handed. And it wasn't just for you. It was for anybody that knew you. Uh, and so I think it's a, a, a good thing that you're taking the time to remember somebody who is really important in this world. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. Rest in peace, Phil. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank Michael for coming here, bringing the heat every single day. Every single time he comes on this show, we crush. Thanks to BetStamp for tracking, tracking our bets so the boo birds can go that are too lazy to listen with a notepad next to them can see that we crush every single week. This is one of the best content providers between the Phil Nason Show, This Week in Tennis, and Cash with Flash around because we do nothing but win, at least in everything but basketball. We're having a hard time with that. Thanks to PlayUp for sponsoring this show. Man, we couldn't do it without you. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.